DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake, Wake that, that ass up. up. The, the Breakfast Club, Club is on. Right. Yeah. I have to live I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this morning. Okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. I'm returning. I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. And good morning, Toronto. We really need something in this intro to reflect that we're first ballot radio Hall of Famers, damn it. Okay? That needs to be a, 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 a thing in our intro from now on. Right? That's how we, that's how we pre- be, should be presented at all times. Yeah. You know what? A lot of my friends sent me things to my house yesterday, which was exciting. Shout out to Ernest. He sent me flowers. My friend from high school, Heidi. She sent me a bottle of Classe Azul. Everybody was just sending stuff to me yesterday, which I thought was really nice. So I appreciate that for everybody who was saying congratulations. My doorbell kept, well, my door kept, I don't have a doorbell, so people kept banging on the door. And and let me shout out to our brother, our friend, Somebody that uh, I I look at in the industry as somebody that calls on me to check up on me. I don't know if he checks up on you guys, but today is Fat Joe's birthday. Happy birthday, Joey Crack. Joe Crack. Shout to Joey Crack. Today is Joey's birthday. Happy birthday, Fat Joe. And we talk about the industry a lot and and people in the industry. and, And Joe is one of those people that call and check up on me, make sure the family's good, make sure I'm good just to say hello, a good person. So I just want to say happy birthday to the brother Fat Joe. There we go. A vivid What did y'all story do last night? Anything good? Um, last night I actually had to uh, do this HBO Docs Live about the Yusuf Hawkins documentary Storm Over Brooklyn. So shout out to Unique. She has her HBO Docs Club. So I joined her on that just to talk about Yusuf Hawkins. That's a... a he was killed. He was only 16 years old for going to a white neighborhood. He was actually just looking to go buy a used car, but they thought he was dating a white girl from the neighborhood. So they ended up surrounding him about 30 white kids with bats, and then someone shot and Lord killed him. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm. Lord have mercy. Jesus. This was, by the way, a few months after the Central Park Five in right. 1989. Right, right, right. Wow. All right. Well, Charlemagne. What, boy? Close your eyes. Hey, shut up. I just want to tell you guys, I'm naked right now. I rolled out oh. of bed. Oh, is that why you're not on revolt right now? That's why I'm not, that's why I'm not on revolt right now. I didn't turn the cameras on because... Um, that's, sexual, that's sexual harassment. I rolled out of bed, and it was either I was naked, so I said, man. I said, if I can't turn on the cameras right now, so I'm just going to have to just, you know, the next break, just just put on a shirt or something, so... You didn't have a robe like or anything? I woke up 30 seconds ago. There was no time to grab a robe. I ran my ass downstairs... Like Turned on the mic like, and rock and roll. I feel like you're me tooing us right now. This is this is like this is not right. 
This is a case. <laughs> this is not right. You can't, you can't just right. turn on. You can't just turn on the, the microphone butt naked uh, for millions of people and tell everybody you're naked. No, I'm not this having that. This is what Dramos, who works with us, said is going to be a good day. <laughs> That's, That's what Dramos exactly what he said. did. He That's said he exactly feels like this would be a said. better show than usual. He did say he that. Said, he said this is going to be a great day, guys. I take that back. Off to a terrible start. I'm sure you would want to take it back. Wow. Take it back to your room, huh? Wow. Take it back to your room, then. Uh, let's wow. start the show, please. <laughs> All we right. Well, this morning, we got some special guests joining us, uh, lovely ladies, Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. They'll be, she'll, they'll be joining us this morning. They have a new show tonight. They have a new show. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that premieres tonight on Vice called uh, Stick to Sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about, ye? Well, let's talk about night two of the Democratic National Convention. Boring. All right, we'll get into that <laughs> next. I'm going to throw on some clothes. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, it was the second night of the Democratic National Convention yesterday. It started off with a 17-person keynote speech. So we saw, I guess, a roll call, and you saw different people having things to say about Joe Biden's nomination. Now, one of the highlights was Joe Biden's wife, Joe Biden, speaking. She is an educator, a longtime educator, and she closed the night with a speech from a Delaware high school classroom. Here's what she said. I fell in love with a man and two little boys standing in the wreckage of unthinkable loss, mourning a wife and mother, a daughter and sister. I never imagined at the age of 26... I would be asking myself, how do you make a broken family whole? We found that love holds a family together. It allows us to become more than ourselves together. And though it can't protect us from the sorrows of life, it gives us refuge. How do you make a broken family whole? The same way you make a nation whole. All right, another person who spoke was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She still seems like she's endorsing Bernie Sanders. In a time when millions of people in the United States are looking for deep, systemic solutions to our crises of mass evictions, unemployment, and lack of health care, and out of a love for all people, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America. You know, that, that's part of the process, though. Like, it's a procedure they do at all conventions. Every candidate for president who brings delegates to the convention is required to be formally nominated. But it's just confusion because it's confusing because AOC has such a, a a big voice. And if you don't know that, you know, it, it's not it's not good promo and marketing uh, for, for Joe Biden. But she's she's right. still voting for Biden. though. She just was formally nominating, you know, the, her, her, the person she endorsed originally, I guess. But that's right. part of the procedure. But I went to sleep right. on the DNC last night. I couldn't take it. Democrats need a rebrand. They keep suppressing their young stars like Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams got a couple minutes. AOC got like 90 seconds. Like the Dems just come off as old. And I love Celebration by Cool in the Gang. But God damn, can they upgrade that <laughs> to Win 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 by DJ Khaled? <laughs> Jesus Christ. My, I mean, it just you got an old candidate for president. Old songs like Celebration playing. They, they just come off as like really, 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 really old. And they really do suppress... They're 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 stars. They're young mm-hmm. stars who I wouldn't even say are next because they got now to me. 
All uh, right. Now, you know, Donald Trump was talking about this huge pardon he was going to be doing today. And he mm -hmm. was at an event that was highlighting the 100th anniversary of women's right to vote. And he decided he wanted to pardon Susan B. Anthony. I will be signing a full and complete pardon for mm -hmm. Susan B. Anthony. She was never pardoned. Did you know that? She was never pardoned. <laughs> You know, but uh, people was, would tell you that Susan B. Anthony wouldn't want to be pardoned because uh, with the women's suffrage movement and she, what she was actually, uh, what she was actually convicted of was voting. And so they call it the Susan B. Anthony Act, getting the right to vote as a woman. And they're saying she wouldn't want a presidential pardon because she didn't do anything wrong. And she actually was proud of her conviction. As a kid, I, I used to collect the Susan B. Anthony coins, the Susan B. Anthony dollars. I don't know mm -hmm. if if yeah, I used to collect them, but I used to collect them as a kid. I used to try to find them and collect them, and I used to I still have I still have I think close to hundreds of them. I used to collect them as I a kid know, all the time. What's the point of being pardoned when you're dead? That didn't make any sense to me. I mean, it was I mean, a publicity I'm, I did, stunt, they, basically. They do that often. I've seen them do that, but what's the point? What's the point of being pardoned when you're dead? Why do I care? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just I want to know why. What's the what's the what's the? I don't know why is that a thing. I don't care about being pardoned when I'm dead, but. Whatever. She didn't even want to get up. Uh, she didn't even want them to post bail when she got arrested for casting illegal votes. She wanted to use that incarceration to actually move the fight to the Supreme Court more quickly. And she actually got annoyed when her lawyer post posted bail on her defense. So, yeah, pardon, pardon the side of Shakur. You want to impress me? Mm. All, right, All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? You. What's good, Envy? Hey, what's up, Trav? Trav! Hey, hey, boo. hey, boo, where you been? Uh, I, well, I've been on, I've been, I'm in Virginia right now. What you doing in been, VA? Um, this I have to tell you a million times I'm from VA. I've just been living in Philly for like 15 years. Oh. He don't listen. I forget. Peace, <laughs> so What's happening? How you, how you doing? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored, sir. That's good, that's good. I wanted to call up and, um... First, say congratulations to you guys on your Hall of Fame um, inductee. Thank you, Trav. Thank you. You're definitely welcome. I also want to make sure I shout out, you know, the other people that I have. Because, you know, you guys have allowed me to, like, come around you guys, which is, like, a testament to just how you guys treat your listeners and stuff. And I just know that also the people that help you guys run everything behind the scenes. So, like, shout out to Taylor. Shout out to Dan. Shout out to Eddie F. Shout out to Dramos, and then shout out to everybody that helps you guys behind the scenes. Awesome, man. Like, all you guys are awesome, and a true testament. Just yeah. Like, you do hang out with us, Trav, and we really did just meet you from talking on the radio. Yes, and I'm the first person you guys have ever done that to to allow to come to the station and just be around y'all, and y'all are awesome, bro. Hmm. So thank, well, thank you, Trav. Also, and also, yesterday, <laughs> y'all had a uh, conversation about Sleeping, sleeping your way to the top, and have you ever slept your way to the top? Right, mind nope. you. Let me tell you what people accused think. of it. And I, 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 I've never even reached the top, but oh. people okay. swear. Because you're a bottom. The only reason. Oh God. 
People swear, well, people, <laughs> people swear I'm allowed to come around y'all because I've either slept with Charlemagne or because mm-hmm. I slept with Envy. Charlemagne, we know, you know it's true. We know it's true. Just stop it, Trav. Well, Trav will never tell. That's why we have him around. I've never done that. Trav, He'll never tell. My, Trav, you're not my type. You know why? How, how, do, they know, how do they know it wasn't ye? They know it wasn't ye, Trav. you're gay. Trav, you're gay. <laughs> They know that, Trav. <laughs> Maybe dramas. <laughs> and the fact that you're gay is exactly why you're not my type. Bye, y'all. What? <laughs> That's why? That's why? <laughs> Yo, you real kinky You recently on this radio. You real kinky. That's, That's, not, not, That's not kinky. That's, how y'all went to college and ain't got no common sense? He's gay. He's not my type. Good morning. Good morning. So I drama out for y'all? She's like, I don't, she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Hello, good morning. Yeah, How are you? Don't even worry about it. Hi, my name is Carol. Hey, hey Carol. Carol. Hey, I'm not, I don't usually call in, but I was, I happened to be listening yesterday and I heard a comment that was made um, by one of the gentlemen who said that he was bothered by being pushed to vote because sometimes there are not people in there who are, uh, need to be uh, voted upon. And I just felt like that was completely out of line because, and if you don't mind, because you have, it's exercising your God-given right. It's the reason we vote. Um, and we vote because we have a God-given right. And people had lost their lives um, and their livelihoods because they uh, fought to get us to vote. And so when someone says, I'm not going to vote because I don't like the people in there, I think that that is, is, is ignorant. And so Nobody said I, that. No, I don't think anybody said, said that, they weren't going to vote. Yeah, I, yeah, well, we, not on this show. What I, what, what I said was, what I said was uh, they need to stop putting the burden on black and brown voters to come out and vote and start putting the burden on themselves to give black and brown voters something to come out and vote for. But there shouldn't be, if anybody is being, is, is, being, is running for an office, um, then we should vote. Um, and so, that's not, no, 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 no. That's not how votes work. Votes are quid pro quo. Votes are give and take. Politicians give us something. They make policy commitments to us, and we decide based on our interests who we want to go out and vote for. You just don't show up to right. vote just because. Well, people so should be part vote. of the process, too. You should be telling these politicians and people running for office what it is that you want, what your demands are, and be involved in that as well. Sometimes you have to let people know, this is what's important to me. Yeah, and on the flip side, politicians should know what we need and know what we want, and they should be making policy commitments to us based off our needs. Right, and so that's where our voice comes in as well. But to stay home and not vote because the people who are in there, somebody's going to get in there. So if there's stuff that you don't like, we fight for that, of course. But the exercising of the right is what this situation is. It has to be. And if you knew, and I'm an old lady, so if you knew all the lives that that were gone, because people thought when they said we couldn't vote and we didn't have a right to go to the polls. And now we have a right and we're staying home and we're using different reasons for not doing that because of who's there. That's not going to change anything. So if we I don't agree with that. vote, it's not going to change who gets in there because we don't exercise. It's the exercise. You know, it's doing it. It's voting. It's-, it's going to the polls is what's important. I- this is it is, but important. it's more important. It's also it's very important for politicians to put something on the table to receive those votes. 
And it's also not a God-given right either. All praise is due to God, but folks fought for our right to vote and died for our right to vote. Nobody gave us that. Thank you, Mama. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up, wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Emilio. Good morning, DJ Envy. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angela Yee. How y'all Peace, King. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Good, man. Good, man. I just wanted to get off my chest, man. My manager don't know what the heck she doing, man. I drive semi Keep giving these nasty truck drivers my truck when I'm gone on vacation, man. It's filthy. Um, But, you know, just to spread some positivity, man, I'm trying to get out of working um, for somebody else right now. So I got my product, Golden Glow product. We personally made it for uh, black and brown skin people. It's a a hair and a facial product. I should be able to send you something, man, because you always don't envy about his hair, Charlamagne. I'm proud of you, King. What, What does it do to your hair? Um, it helps to grow. Um, okay. It thickens up your beard. So far, it's uh, cured cradle cap for a few kids. Um, a couple okay. of my friends use it for that. And uh, I wouldn't mind it for the beard. I'm letting the beard grow out. Yeah, man. I'm letting the beard I grow out. The email or something, man, and the address, I'll send something to you, man. Worry. I want you to send something to my man Chico Bean, too. Chico Bean uh, is a former member of the Ball Head Society, but he decided to get cornrows now, so he's going to need some hair products, too. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll make sure mm-hmm. I get him some over too, man, and uh, they can check out uh, some of my music too on Apple Music or anywhere, Simeo Season. Uh, that's S-I-M-E-O Season. Man, I like you, Simeo. You know, I, you know why I like you? Because you are dealing with your reality by being a truck driver, but you're also still continuing to pursue your dreams, and that's that's what life is all about. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to do, man, is trying to, you know, figure it out, you know? All right. Sound like you got it figured out, brother. Just keep pushing. Keep God first. Stay humble. Keep working. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's going on? Envious Mellow. Mellow. What's up, brother? Man, y'all are amazing, son, because being hot gets you the MVP, but staying hot gets you the Hall of Fame. So congrats to y'all. Consistency, baby. Thank you, King. Consistency. For a fact. Now, Uncle Charlotte. Yes, sir. I hope you have your donkey today ready because... There was a man, I believe he's the radio host for the Charlotte Hornets. He got oh, I saw him. Yeah. He's supposed to put Denver Nuggets, and he put Denver, Denver Knicks. Yeah. Denver and words. For a fact, hey, come on now. And then he tried to lie and say it was autocorrect. Autocorrect don't do that unless you literally type that word every day. I would know. I type that word every day. <laughs> I ain't trying. Let me try to do it on my phone real quick and see. I tried what it. Come it up. didn't do it. I tried it. I, I tried name. it. It did not. I tried it like three times. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. It did not work. This man is garbage, son. Cancel him ASAP. He must spell it with a U too. He must spell it N U G G A. Nah, that's old. That's ridiculous. I'm serious. I think he might because I don't see how he got that. Because the N I wouldn't translate, or the N U wouldn't turn to that, would it? I mean, unless if you type every day. You type it every day. If you put N-U-G-G, that's it. It's there. Hey, I know I type the N-word every day. He has to type it every day. I type it every day, and I still can't get that. No, I do. I get it all the time. I try to type it. I try to find his gram and just put a couple sons under him. Like, shut up, because he gave me type. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say, when I I type in N-U-G-G-A, what comes up for me is nuggets, nigs, in parentheses. We're not helping his case at all. At the end of the day, he's up. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Thank All you. Right. But I'm All right, Mello. Great game last night, too. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, we got rumors on OAE? Yes, and Tim Norman, the star of Welcome to Sweetie Pies. Uh, he's been charged, arrested on federal charges. He's being held, and that is for conspiring an alleged murder for hire plot in the death of his own nephew. We'll give you the details. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Tim Norman. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, Tim Norman, he was on Welcome to Sweetie Pies, you know, with his mom, the rest of his family, and he what got is, arrested. What is, in- what is Welcome to Sweetie Pies? I've seen that. I heard the name, but I don't know what show that is. I'm pretty sure you never watched it. Okay. But she, yeah, she's an entrepreneur. She owns these stores, like bakeries. Okay. So... Yeah, he actually used to date Jennifer from Basketball Wives also. That was her boyfriend for a while, and they had a pretty bad breakup where she said that he was stalking her and that he was crazy and that he also was stalking, he had stalked another woman from St. Louis, and, you know, he was calling her bitter and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And turns out that allegedly what they are saying now is that he and a woman named Tarika Ellis, who was an exotic dancer, actually conspired to commit a murder for hire in exchange for money. And it was on his own 18-year-old nephew, Andre Montgomery. Now, according to federal authorities, he secured a $450,000 life insurance policy back in 2014. He was the sole beneficiary of this life insurance policy. And reportedly, before uh, the days leading up to Andrew Montgomery's murder, Terrica told him that she was coming to St. Louis. And the day before the murder, Tim Norman flew to St. Louis from L.A. And on the following day, they communicated using burner phones and... Mm -hmm. You know, they learned his location. And then after learning Andrew Montgomery's location, she placed a call to Norman. Later in that evening, Andrew Montgomery was shot and killed. And her phone location allegedly placed her in the area of the murder at the time of the shooting. You know, that's why it's scary whenever people get life insurance policies on on folks. Like, if you're not my family or real close family, like my wife and kids, don't get no damn life insurance policy on me, man. And how how are you comfortable... Even spending that blood money, you plotting on buying houses and land you going to purchase all the while plotting on my life? Folks are crazy. Well, in, 20, in 2016, he contacted the life insurance company to collect on the life insurance policy that he had gotten on his own nephew. Terrica Ellis was also charged by complaint with conspiracy to use interstate commerce facilities and that commission of murder for hire. Shouldn't it be harder for folks to just open up life insurance policies on you, though? It's not. And, you know, you don't even have to know that someone opened up a, a life insurance policy on you. I thought you had to know. I, I thought you had to make no sense. Off. Me, too. I thought the person that, that, that might die had to sign off. Yeah, That's I thought they had to sign off. They do? I thought you could get one. Like, I heard that you can get one on somebody if they're one of your employees. You can no, get one on a family off. member. Mm-mm, they got to sign off. When I was signed to Desert Storm to do my album on Sony in the contract, it was a life insurance policy, and that's the... The first thing gear made me take out, and my mom made me take out, it was like, no, because if you die, they get over a million dollars. It's like, hell no. A lot of labels oh. put put that in the fine print, though. Yep. A lot of labels mm-hmm. sneak that in on you. Absolutely. You don't know no better. Sheesh. I wonder why would he sign that and be okay with a life insurance policy on him? 
I mean, he was 18, so who knows how old he was when he signed like, it. Yeah, I would think it's weird. I didn't know no better. Like, it's your uncle, right, your now, uncle gassing you up, telling you to do something that maybe to your benefit you don't know. It's easy to manipulate I feel like that's kids. so obvious. I feel like it's so obvious, too. You take out a life insurance policy on someone, you're the sole beneficiary, and then that person gets killed, and then next thing you know, you're trying... It just feels like... That's sick, man. Sm- mm-hmm. That's beyond sick. I agree. All right. Now, Kelani has removed Tory Lanez from her song. We all know that this happened, and she talked about why she did that. She was actually uh, discussing the fact that she's not just co-workers with Megan Thee Stallion. They don't just have an industry friendship. Here's what she had to say. The things that I stand for and the things that I push so hard to, you know, hold space for as someone with a large platform, as someone that people look up to, as some as a woman that makes other women feel safe and empowered, people were asking me, you know, like, are you going to keep somebody on it who doesn't necessarily make us feel safe or empowered as a woman? And not only was that, but like this is, you know, the situation was involving someone that I'm extremely close to. So I just felt like on some loyal shit, absolutely I'm changing up the record. That that Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez thing is really going to go down as a great hip-hop mystery, huh? We never mm-hmm. going to really truly find out what happened that night in that car, are we? There's all kinds of theories that are going around and people weighing in on it, but no one really knows. I'm actually, like, really shocked and surprised that in this era of social media where it's just such an age of transparency and everybody's putting everything online all the time that nobody spoke out on that situation in the heat of the moment or even afterwards. And I think we haven't really heard a peep from Tory Lane since. No, Disappeared, vanished. Yeah. I actually went to go check to see if his pages were still up uh, the other day. I haven't even seen a Tory Lane sighting. No, nah, they did. You know they seen gotta... him in McDonald's. There was one dude that seen him in McDonald's. He was, I think, in Miami in McDonald's. Don't he, don't he got to get his trap too paid done, though? Don't he got to, like, keep his hair up? Tell us, Envy, when you got the fake hairline, how often do you got to get it maintenance? I don't have a fake hairline, sir, but I don't know. I don't know what the maintenance is. Mm. All right, MC Light has filed for divorce after being married for three years. So... She said irreconcilable differences is the reason that they have decided to file for divorce. They actually met on Match.com, and they got married in August of 2017 in Montego mm-hmm. Bay. That's horrible. Divorce is never fun. Mm-mm. After only three years? Jesus Christ. Like you said, it's a pandemic, though. We don't know what was going on. It's a tough time for couples. Yeah, it's tough. All right. Yeah. All right, and Netflix is testing out this shuffle play feature that will help pick what you watch. I guess it's kind of like when you do your music and you put it on shuffle. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. When Netflix recommends things to me based on my history of what I've watched, it's never really on point. I look at the stars, see how many stars a movie or, or, or a flick has, see if I'm going to watch it or not. I'm not watching on Netflix right nothing on Netflix right now, but I do wish that I could watch uh, Lovecraft Country on Netflix. Lovecraft Country comes on HBO, but after the first episode, I would absolutely binge that whole series if it was available. That's the beauty of Netflix, the binge-watching capabilities. I started watching this uh, movie that Jamie Foxx is in, Project Power, on Netflix. Oh, I heard about that. I'm going to watch that this weekend. I heard about that. I got to go see that, too. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Uh, Yes, we are going to be talking about a former uh, Trump official who is saying that if Trump wins the presidency, you can expect that he'll align himself with all kinds of dictators. All right, we'll get into Uh-oh. that next. <laughs> Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Howdy, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's... It- 
Let's start with a former senior Trump administration official who is now endorsing Joe Biden. Miles Taylor is his name, and here's what he had to say. The president wanted to exploit the Department of Homeland Security for his own political purposes and to fuel his own agenda. The California wildfires told FEMA to cut off the money because he was so rageful that people in the state of California didn't support him and that politically it wasn't a base for him the policies at the border. He said he wanted to go further and have a deliberate policy of ripping children away from their parents to show those parents that they shouldn't come to the border in the first place. Ooh, sounds like a terrible person. Here's more mm -hmm. of what Miles Taylor had to say. A lot of the time, the things he wanted to do not only were impossible, but in many cases illegal. He didn't want us to tell him it was illegal anymore because he knew that there were, and these were his words, he knew that he had magical authorities. People who are still serving in this administration have said to me, just wait until the second term. It'll be no holds barred. It'll be shock and awe. We'll do what we want. Yeah, right, I mean, listen, I didn't know I didn't know presidents had that much power until Donald Trump. I'm not going to lie to you. There seems to be no checks, no balances. Makes you mad at all other presidents who you thought were going to do stuff for you. Didn't do they didn't anything, exercise. Yeah. They didn't flex their magic powers. <laughs> Trump definitely waves his wand when he wants to. Well, there's a whole group I was telling you about this yesterday, Republican voters against Trump. So he did that video for them. And Donald Trump responded, of course. He said all of a sudden he's bad-mouthing. Reason is the Democrats or somebody got to him and said, how would you like to speak or whatever? He's a lowlife. Anybody that does that is a lowlife to me, and it's a shame. He's going to wave his magic wand and make him disappear. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's talk about a police officer who actually got fired for defending George Floyd. One particular officer, uh, Officer Williams, posted a video on his account where he spoke about the murder of George Floyd. Listen to this. I'm disgusted with the things that happened in Minneapolis. Pure plain blank, things could have went way different. At the end of the day, let's talk facts. The guy is on the ground, he's laying on his stomach, he have handcuffs on. It's four of y'all, one of him. Four of y'all, one of him. Who has control of this situation? As an officer, you are a first responder, right? So if in the midst of you trying to gain compliance, someone is hurt, you have to render aid. So somebody saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, you don't think to yourself and say, oh my gosh, this guy can't breathe, he might die. Let me render aid. Well, once the Greensboro Police Department got a hold of this, they decided to fire him. Uh, here's what Officer Williams had to say. Being transparent with y'all for the last two months, my job put me on administrative leave to do an investigation into my TikTok. After this investigation was done, which I found out today, I was relieved of my duties from that certain job. It's very hard That's to crazy. have the all police are good debate when things like this happen. A good police officer speaks out against the crime some officers are committing and he gets fired for that. Like, what kind of messaging is that sending? Cases but, like his, carry yeah. on in Buffalo... That's got it. Like that's that's that makes zero sense to me. How is that going to improve? Nothing. Well, what did, he didn't say anything <laughs> wrong. He didn't say go get like, the police or I hate the police. He just said, hey, I no. think they handled this wrong. Like he was supposed to do. We at, we are asking for police officers that see something wrong to say something. He says something and he gets fired. That restores faith in uh, po the the community and police. That improves uh, co relations between the community and the police because we actually see and hear from police officers who say, nah, that wasn't right. That wasn't correct. I want the good police officers to speak out against bad policing. So well, he has a GoFundMe. His family started a GoFundMe. They're seeking legal representation, so he's trying to raise funds to cover any cost that the future may bring. So, so far, they've raised almost $28,000 of their $50,000 goal.
And I bet you he wasn't on the force long enough to get his pension, right? So he'll probably end up in the same situation as Carrie L. Horn in Buffalo. Well, she was like a year away from her pension. Mm-hmm. And get it. Yeah, he seemed relatively young, so I don't think it he did. I'm, I'm just assuming that's that so he wasn't foul. around long enough. That's so right, We should have him on the show. What's his name? His name is Jaquay Williams. He's 32 years tell, old. Yeah, Jaquay. Oh, yeah. Tell, tell Jaquay Williams how at us. We need to have him on Breakfast Club. Absolutely. We need to have, ja- we need to have uh, Jaquay on Breakfast Club, see what we can do for him, see what we can do for his GoFundMe. We're kind of good at that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Some, somebody tell Jaquay Williams. Jaquay Williams, you said, G? Mm-hmm. Jaquay Williams, get at us. Uh, I don't know. Hit me uh, at C to God, C T H A G O D, or Envy, or Angela E. How do they get in touch with us? Do we have any way to? How do yeah, they could, they could hit our DM. Usually, people just send us a DM. We also have Breakfast Club AM at Gmail dot com. you can hit them. There you go. Yeah, send us a breakfast DM. We'll, we'll get you over to AM. the right person. Or yeah, yeah Breakfast Club AM at Gmail dot com. The email easier because I don't be checking my DMs. Breakfast Club AM at gmail.com. We'll get at I you. I check my Instagram DM too, so you can, yeah, definitely uh, hit us up. We'll figure mm, it out. There you go. We're gonna we gonna we're gonna we gonna help that brother out. He deserves it. Absolutely. All right. All right, well, that, that is, is your front page news. Front page news. Thank you. Now when we come back, Jamil Hill and Carrie Champion will be joining us and we'll kick it with them when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlotte the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have some special guests on the line today. That's right. Harry Champion and Jamel Hill. Welcome, ladies. Hey, what's going on, y'all? So, Jamel, is it ironic that you have this show now, Stick to Sports, with Carrie? And just three years ago, you were tweeting out about how Donald Trump is a white supremacist and he's supported by white supremacists. It was an issue then, but now look at where we are. Well, the the, the, the title of the show is, is more ironic than anything. And I think Carrie put it best is that this is really kind of a middle finger to a lot of the people that not only try to silence athletes who wanted to use their voice and their platform to bring awareness to various issues from Colin Kaepernick to LeBron James, Um, but also to us. I mean, we were pretty high profile people at ESPN. You guys obviously are familiar with what I went through. Uh, Carrie went through similar um, struggles, especially internally at ESPN. Um, So this is to all those people who try to, you know, just silence black people period this is like your 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 whole stick to sports campaign didn't work and now we're at a point where sticking to sports is not even optional and so it just goes to kind of show you that despite sometimes a lot of backlash you may receive controversies or, or what have you that ultimately the side of right will prevail even if it's a slow climb to um you know to that to to things being prevailed on that end so like uh so for us this is really just kind of a you know, a big fuck you. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Don't you think somebody at ESPN owes you an apology, though? Because they literally didn't want you to talk about issues revolving around social justice. And that's pretty much all they talk about now. But, I mean, I got the best of, yeah. uh, apology there is. It's called a check. It just seems very hypocritical at ESPN because, you know, I'd be seeing them now. Like, they'd be having having our good sister Angela Rye on ESPN. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. that one day. And I was like, what, what, wow. what, what matter is this? Exactly. Wow. So I just think that's kind of, that. I think that's very hypocritical at ESPN, personally. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I, yeah, I, I they are hypocrites. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's look, it's it's an uncomfortable time for a lot of these com- uh, companies. It's not just ESPN. They have had reckonings that have happened inside the building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, we both still have friends at ESPN. There's been a lot of conversations inside the building about, you know, they need to be much like many of the others in, in corporate media and just corporations, period. Before they need to, you know, putting out these little pretty ass statements is one thing, but like, can you address what's happening inside of your building? Can you address the fact that you have a very uh, a low number of, um, you know, uh, black decision makers in key positions? That's the stuff that they have to deal with. So before you put out any statements and put out any specials, deal with that part of your business. And I think ESPN is just in a in a long line of people having to yeah, face that are doing that. Yeah, that are doing that and having yeah. to face that internal reckoning. You look at, you know, some people that say, you know, hey, I get politics all day long and when I want to watch sports, I just want to watch sports. And then you give some people that say, no, I want politics to be part of sports because it all matters. So how do you play that line to decide how far you go when you're talking about politics and sports? I think that our, our show, Stick to Sports, is a little bit of everything. I just, you know what, I hate that. I hate the idea, the premise that sports and politics do not integrate because they do. They intersect and they've intersected since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's unfortunate that we've lied to America or people have believed the lie, more importantly, that the two don't intersect. People who say stick to politics only want to hear about it when it's not favorable in whatever they believe. So if Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for cancer, we wouldn't even be here today. This wouldn't even be a conversation. But kudos to LeBron because LeBron is very aware of the fact that they just want him to be a player, right? But he's like, because I am arguably the, the greatest, the biggest athlete of all time, that's a whole nother debate, I'm going to make sure that I put my name in this conversation. I, I love LeBron's activism, but do you think that he's even more intentional about his activism because he knows that's what separates him from MJ? Being that he knows he'll probably never catch MJ on the court? That's um, such a hater question. That is a question. That is that is a hater question. You're so question. There was no hate right in that question at all. Actually, so you know what, Charlemagne, you're asking it. You should be asking it in the inverse. Is Michael Jordan being more intentionally socially aware? Because when we ever we start that player debate about who's better, LeBron or Jordan, yeah. one of the things people always bring up is, well maybe he isn't as equal to Michael Jordan as a player, but he's a better humanitarian. And my two cents is that I think it's Michael Jordan understanding through LeBron that this is something that he's got to rectify when it comes to his perception, because that's the most negative thing people say about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, Jamal, talk about this encounter that you had with Michael Jordan. Expand on that. <laughs> See, I didn't roll up on Michael Jordan. What happened was <laughs> he actually spotted Carrie. This is a few years ago at NBA All-Star Weekend in Toronto. And, um, you know, we snuck into his party. Like, we went on the And, and Carrie, I don't know if you remember this, the person no. I'm pretty sure that we snuck in with, because we did that whole... Was it Draymond? No, I think it was Paul George. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I slept with Lala. I slept with Lala. Lala walked in and I run, I'm moving right with Lala. But go ahead. See what I'm saying? Like, that's how you do it, right? That's that, like, that's that. They put your hand up in front of Envy, like, okay, sir. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you already know when you women, you, you it's much yeah. easier for you to do. they like, all right, whatever. So we go to the, the VIP VIP where I think Drake was DJing. And yep. everybody's in there. It's like, you know, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and D-Wade and 
you know, all the people in uh, my Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yep, all of those. And Jordan was in there. And so he stopped caring because he recognized her. But mind you, all night long, at that time, it wasn't cool to be friends with people in the media. Jamel was on his and hers, and I was on first take. And you have to realize, uh, I had just a first take. A lot of the players didn't like what people on first take had to say. They didn't like his and hers because it was all about opinion. So you have to understand, no one was really talking to us in that party. So, Jamel, pick up the story from there. Ask so, me of course, you know, y'all know my background. I'm from Detroit. I grew up a really big Pistons fans. Uh, and there are certain things that Detroiters would never let go. Number one on that list is Isaiah not being on the dream team. So, oh, Lord. So, absolutely. I was like, I just, you know, he's talking. He's saying all this great basketball stuff, talking about how if there was any player in the league that he would pay to see, it was Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just having a basketball conversation. And I was like, you know what? For all of Detroit, for the 313, I got to ask this question. I was like, why did you hold, I, I was like, why did you keep Isaiah off the 92 Dream team? I just straight up asked him. I was like, dude, that was wrong. He should have been on the Dream team. And he just looked, yeah, and he just looked at me dead in my face, and he was like, nobody wanted Isaiah on that team. But they could no, back. no lies. He said he had nothing to do with it. Wait, no, that's what I was about to say. He said they can make me the bad guy, but nobody wanted him on that team. That's what he said. And I was just that like, true. really? You just going to hurt my feelings right in this beautiful place? <laughs> How do you feel about Carrie? Because Carrie said nobody likes Isaiah Thomas. I know, but Carrie, is okay for Carrie to be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have more with Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. When we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion in the building. Yee. I want to ask you a question just off topic for a second. We were talking about Kamala Harris and how they talk about, oh, you know, they're bringing up she slept with this person and that's how she got here as women in this industry because we were all talking about this as a topic, how you get accused of things just because people are jealous. You got into a position and people just throw anything out there. So has that happened to you ladies in your career where people have accused you of things just because you're in the position that you're in? Yes. And Angela, you can relate to this. I, I don't believe that it's fair because here's the low hanging fruit. If you are somewhat attractive, if you interview somebody, you get an exclusive. You them. It's never about your resume and what you've been able to do. When I first got to ESPN, I use this as an example. And I had always experienced this my entire career. But when I first got to ESPN, Jamel, I don't know if you guys know this, Jamel was supposed to get the host job or that's what the streets thought. And we were both up for it. So the way society likes to pin two, two black women against one another, and you think there can only be one, so you don't fool with other black women. Like, you grow up thinking that, which is simple, and thank God Jay didn't have that mentality. So when I got the job, and she didn't, I used to hear all this stuff about what I did to get the job, and, and that's why she didn't get it, and why, why she didn't get it, you know, all this nonsense. So Jay had reached out to me and sent me an email and when I didn't respond, she thought I wasn't fooling with her. It was because I didn't know. Like she said, I'm not tech savvy. I didn't know how to work the email. So I will. I'll own that. I'll own that. <laughs> but she went out of her way to, to make sure that this narrative that two black women could live in the same space. You guys know what they did to Kamala. And I'll, and I'll, I'll liken it to that. Like, why were they all these black women who were who could have been VP candidates? They're comparing them like she's this, that one's that. They didn't do that with white women. That's just unfair. And we buy into that as black folks. We buy into the narrative that there could only be one, and that is not true. We, we all can eat. 
And I and I and I thank her because that was my thought process. I thank Jay for not not doing that. So we finally get together and have dinner. And I remember thinking, I'm going in here. This girl about to talk. Shit. I'm not about gonna be a friend. She's gonna be so jealous. She's gonna be A, B, C, and D. And I was right about all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I was clear. You got over it though. Right? <laughs> I got over it. And it was, and I didn't want to be bothered, but I was like, fine, I'll f- with her. Okay, tell your version of it, Jay. So what had happened was, is that I, <laughs> Carrie, I did come on too strong from this regard. I was never jealous. I was very excited that Carrie got this sure. job because, you know, you guys know what a big show first take is. And to put a black woman you know, in the middle of two big personalities at the time of Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, that's a huge opportunity for a woman in, in this business, a black woman in this business. So to me, that was the win. However, what I did um, make the mistake of is that I had six years of equity at ESPN, six years of time. So I'd seen a lot of things. And so sometimes, especially when you're starting a new job, you need to let people experience things on their own. And then if they want to bring you into what they're experiencing, then that's cool. I just told her from the jump because I had heard the way they talked about this particular job and what was said behind closed doors was that, look, they are intent on having somebody who's seen and not heard. So you need to be careful about that. And, you know, I was just letting her know where the pockets of racism were. Like, I just gave her the whole full rundown, which again, she's just starting this job. She didn't need to hear all that. You know, like I didn't need to, I felt like in some ways, you know, looking back on it, I was kind of on her moment by telling her all the traps that she had to look out for. I should have maybe gave her, given her some of it, but not like all of it. Everything she said was right. None of it was wrong. It wasn't the timing though. All of it was correct. And whenever we found ourselves in moments, i.e. me found myself in a moment where I was just completely feeling disrespected, she would, she would, you know, jump online and fire up a couple of tweets or have my back in whatever way. So much so to the point that you know, one of those guys sitting on the desk used to email her and tell her she wasn't right. Got mad at her. Was like, "Why are you taking and, up?" And hasn't spoken to me since. Wow. Yeah. Hold on. He used he to. Had he, my back. He, he, he used to text you and say that or email. No, you? he emailed her. He gave her a two page email to tell her why she ain't because <laughs> you were defending another black woman. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it, it happened when you know, because uh, when a lot of times when things happen on that desk, it's like Carrie will wind up taking the taken up all for it, but no reason, no reason whatsoever. And this was during um, when Stephen A. Smith got into trouble for what he said about domestic violence. And the thing I tweeted was that I felt like part of the reason some of those conversations on first take exploded into controversy is because they didn't give Carrie enough of a voice. And here you are talking about domestic violence and, you know, um, with Carrie not being empowered to add to the conversation, it made it harsher than it was. And so I expressed that, like, maybe y'all wouldn't be in this situation if the woman that's on the desk, you actually empowered her to use her voice to speak in situations like this. And so, I mean, look, it's only two people. I don't mind saying who it is. I mean, Skip doesn't really fuck me. So, um, you know, he was- sent her a two-page email, went off on her. No, her. told her essentially he made her and she, yes. and he tra- she yes. traded on him. He claimed, <laughs> what? Yeah, he claimed credit because I'll, I'll say yeah. this, uh, to be, I'm just being just fair about the situation. It's like when I first started doing, you know, first take, it was cold pizza then. 
And, um, you know, Skip was somebody whose opinion about this business and industry I really respected. I mean, he did take me under his wing in a lot of ways and taught me about television because that's not something that I was really familiar with coming from a print background. So we had a very good relationship. And so when I did that, when I spoke up on Carrie's behalf, um, you know, about that situation, he was put out. And so he sent me a very long email saying he felt betrayed and he was on some, I made you type of thing. And, um, you know, we have never, we haven't talked since. But that's when our friendship really came into play. Like she just had my back no matter what behind the scenes, tweet here and there. All that means, all that did was speak volumes to how she respected me. And as a result, I think people started to see that we were really friends and they weren't doing the comparison thing. Fast forward to when she gets in trouble, everybody's silent. Everybody's singing her praises for years. Got her back, love her, everybody here, homie. Nobody was publicly, not nobody, there were a handful of people, but all those people who loved her and talked about how great and mighty she was, they were just silent. I'm tweeting, I'm saying whatever, like this thing, right? Like, I'm hurt, like hurt. I'm calling her at 5 a.m. I'm like, girl, how you doing? She's like, you know, unbothered, but probably upset. <laughs> and I legit, like, this is the craziness. People's like, I'm going to have to control Carrie's tweet. My tweets weren't like, F- you, Donald. They were just like, that's right. And then when it's all said and done, if they had to do it over again, I, I guarantee they would defend her they would have her back because she was ahead of her time and she was on the right side of it. All right, we have more with Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. When we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion in the building. Charlamagne? Hey, Jamel, I wonder, right, how would you handle an email like the one you got from Skip Bayless now? Um, would you air him out publicly? Like, what would you do? No, I wouldn't air them out publicly. Like, um, it would be, I mean, this is the first time I've ever even talked about that. Like, most people don't even know that that happened. Um, and this is not me airing it, it out. It's just, like, the truth of what it was is that, um, it. you know, now I'd probably pick up the phone, and it probably would be a lot of cuss words involved. And, um, what cuss words would they be? <laughs> oh, this one start with the M and end with the A? Yeah. And, and my, you know, my thing with, with him was that, um, you know, I, I felt like that the, where our relationship was is that you could have called me like, and we could have had that conversation face to face. And, um, you know, beyond this, that it's just the entitlement of thinking that he made me <laughs> it was just like, Oh, slow down. Now. Like I'm grateful for how you showed me the ropes and, and grateful that I was able to be on a show like first take to expand you know, my profile and to, to really, um, you know, kind of raise uh, the awareness of who I was. I mean, it was all a part of a, a, con- of, of a concoction of things that led to me getting um, the show with Mike, his and hers. Yeah. But, you know, like, let's not, you know, let's just calm down on the patriarchy real fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Granted, you know, being at ESPN, of course, when you're dealing with somebody of his profile, you have to be careful with with how you check people because it's a lot of people in there. And I had another situation. Um, uh, I'm gonna say that one for my book. So I ain't gonna say <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to I want to bring it out in the Breakfast Club. Let no, me, no, me. don't tell them. Would y'all, have, would y'all have Skip Bayless on the show to address it? Like, would hell you? yeah, we would. He would never do it, but hell yeah, we never would. Never do it. <laughs> Skip is. I would look, but let's say this: the same way that she speaks in favor of Skip, I will say this: he's an incredibly complicated human. 
as most people who are successful in any industry, they are. There's a side of them that's very generous and loving and caring, and then there's a side of them that's very competitive and lethal. And sometimes, sometimes those two get mixed up. Like I, y'all know, like y'all work together. Y'all know how this looks. Come on, that ain't brand new. What do you think stick to sports will do for women in sports and, and black women in journalism in general? Um, you know, honestly, I mean, I, I think the the beauty of us having this show. I mean, of course, people need to see that it's possible. But, um, you know, mm -hmm. secondly, I think the way we're doing it is really important to point out is that we're executive producers on this show. Uh, this is about this show is truly built around us. So one piece of it is to get on TV. And as you guys know, another piece of it is to own a portion of what you're doing. And so um, that ownership component is key because, look, Carrie and I are both suffering from a little bit of PTSD from our time at ESPN, okay? <laughs> and we were in a situation where, um, you know, working for such a huge platform is that you have very little ownership of what you do. And um, we both reached this point in our careers where we want to work with people and not necessarily for people. So this is a true uh, collaboration. And, and, you know, not only that is that... Uh, it's certain things, especially now in this time in our country, you know, we have a black woman who is, you know, the vice presidential nominee. Um, black women are the most educated group uh, in the country. They're the only racial ethnic group that owns more businesses than their male counterparts in that racial ethnic group. So this is a time where a lot of black women are seizing their power. And I hope through us that they can see that they don't have to wait for somebody to acknowledge them. They don't have to wait for somebody to quote unquote, give them an opportunity. It's the time to seize your power at the level you are at. Who came up with the, uh, the petty name stick to sports? Cause that's a nice little jab at ESPN. It was not a jab at, at ESPN, but like, uh, you know, it's funny. Cause like we, we had to, when the original press release dropped that had, uh, that we were doing the show together, we had a name in there that we just kind of came up with just to, fit into the press release, but Secret Stories was going to be a segment in the show, regardless of what it was named. Mm -hmm. And then the more that it circulated around uh, the company advice, the more that Carrie and I talked about it, the more we talked about it with our production staff, it was like, oh, I think that's the name of the show. So we just kind of arrived at it uh, from that standpoint. I feel like this would be my favorite sports show to watch, so I'm excited. Oh, so congratulations. Well, I really appreciate that. Although, I, mean, I tell people, it's, I, you know, it's not a sports show. I mean, we are we are delving into a lot of different areas. Now, granted. But the core of it is probably sports, and there's so much around that that you can break off into also, right? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about pop culture, politics, news, especially with an election coming up. You know, we have a lot to discuss there. One of the reasons we had, you know, Corey uh, Bush on the show is, like, we didn't talk to Corey Bush about sports. We talked to her about, like, what she's trying to accomplish in her story. I mean, and even with LeBron, the majority of that conversation was not about sports. When we do touch on sports, it will be from a 10,000 foot view and talking about those messy intersections with race, gender, politics, culture in that particular way. I heard y'all did an interview with Bossop and y'all gave Jason Whitlock and Sage Steele some smoke. <laughs> Damn, Charlamagne, who are your sources? What you saying? Yeah. I, I don't know if we, I call it professional ether. We don't know if we gave smoke. We, <laughs> we, we went out of our, we have gone out of our way actually to not acknowledge other people when they come for us. And that is, that should be considered grace and mercy. Um, you know, I think there is, there was, there is a professional level of respect that I give to 
basically any black woman in this business who gets right. to every point because I know how hard it is to do that. What I don't like is that when I see some of those same women who in front of everybody else, they're presenting this picture of solidarity, but behind closed doors, they're doing working against you to undermine the progress of other women. And so I, that's what I take an issue with. Like Carrie said, this is not about anybody's politics with these two people in particular. It's about the character of who they are that I think we all question. There's a reason why they have a certain reputation in this business. That's all I got to say. There you go. Is it dangerous for you, though, Jamel? Because we, we saw, I, I saw uh, D.L. Hughley got into a situation yesterday. Do people run up on you, too, like Trump supporters? No, I've never had that. And I, this is where, and I, I'm glad you asked that, that question, Charlamagne, because this is where I remind people um, who might think about it, is that my husband is a legal gun owner, and that's all <laughs> I got. He's also six foot two. You can try it if you want to. I'm also from Detroit, and I wasn't always at ESPN. So <laughs> you can get all the smoke that you asked for. <laughs> so, but I've never had that, um, thankfully. I tell Carrie this all the time, but I'm so proud of y'all because it took a lot of to walk away from ESPN. Like, there's so many people who will not walk away from the mighty ESPN. They think ESPN is their whole existence is the end-all, be-all. So for you two to step off the boat so you can walk on water is to be applauded because folks be scared to to step away. And it says that you both know your power, and, and I respect that a lot. Well, thank you. Um, we are Andy Dufresne and Red. Uh, who got <laughs> Real quick before we leave, I just want to congratulate you, Hall of Famers. Such a yeah, such an honor to be in the presence thank of you. radio elite, radio royalty. Yeah, I mean, it, it's understated what you guys have done for the culture and just in general to have the longevity and the success. Like, I, just all the kudos to you guys because that's a tremendous honor that most of us never get to sniff. So. Thank you. Congratulations. Hi, that was Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. All right, keep it locked. We'll be back. Rumors on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Little Wayne sat down and did an interview with Elliot Wilson. And Elliot Wilson is Titles Chief Content Officer, by the way, also friend to the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And here's what Elliot. He has to YN. About Drake. Drizzy always was just a knockout from the door. But when he was introduced to me, and I was like, okay, what does this kid do? Well, let me hear it again. And I was like, oh, who that is on the hook? I'm like, that's him too. And when I saw him, <laughs> you know what I mean? When I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, where are you from? Canada. Like, Canada? <laughs> he was also on the TV show when he was younger, so a few people yeah. may know him from that. Degrassi, yeah. I was like, well, he got a lot going for him, you know? And I was like, I'm honored for him to even choose me as an option. Well, Drake was in the comments and he said, this man believed in me after so many never called again or just didn't see it to begin with. Most selfless artist ever, never held any of us back, always pushed us forward every single night in people's faces. 20K packed into an arena and he had a whole set of his show dedicated to introducing us for years. All praise and credit due to the GOATs. I mean, very honorable. Uh, and if, if you're if you're being objective and, you know, you're ranking Wayne, you have to rank Wayne very high because of the, the, the people that he presented to the game, like Drake, like Nicki Minaj, like mm-hmm. Tiger, because I don't think you're a real superstar unless you make other superstars. And Wayne definitely has did that. So Correct. salute to Wayne. Yeah, I agree.
All right, and since we're talking about Drake, Tiffany Haddish had a Drake story as well, and she talked about canceling a dinner date with Drake. Well, he canceled. And here's what she said happened as she sat down with Lunell for Vlad TV. I did a video, and then he's like, I'm going to take you to dinner. I'm going to take you to dinner because I want to oh, know who bit Beyonce. Right now. He was like, I want to know who bit Beyonce. My mama keep on asking me who did it, who did it. And oh, I, was like, ah, ah, I was like, I'm ah, definitely not going to tell you until you feed me. And then it was funny because we were supposed to go out, but then he's like, I got a family emergency. And it was around the same time when, when the whole stuff with the baby came out, his baby and all that. And listen, everything happens for a reason. Now she's in love. She's with Common. Maybe if she would have went out with Drake, it might have blocked that blessing from happening. Who knows? All right, and let's talk about some more positivity. Tracy Ellis Ross's Daria spinoff is going to be at Comedy Central. They're taking the character Jody Landon from the token black girl on Daria to the star of her own show now. So that's the spinoff that's going to be happening. I'm here for that. Also, Snoop Dogg, Sierra, and Young M.A. all have gotten radio shows at Apple Music. So congratulations That's to dope. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder why Apple Radio isn't just calling that podcast. I guess because they play music as well. Yeah, in between, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah, that's why. I was I was sitting there wondering yesterday. I'm like, okay, they, they're announcing all of these shows. Why they just don't call them podcasts? I guess they are actual radio shows because they're playing music. So that yeah, makes they play sense. music, yep. All right, and Will Smith and Kevin Hart are going to be starring in a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake. That film was released originally in 1987, starring Steve Martin and John Candy. By the way, I love that movie. Do you ever see Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I did, but I don't remember. remember. I've heard about it. I did, but I don't remember. So the point of that story was it was two people. Steve Martin was a businessman. John Candy was like this annoying person that he met as they were trying to make it home to Chicago in time for Thanksgiving. But there's all kinds of issues with the flight. So they end up, you know, not being able to take a flight then having to take a train and they keep running into each other. Mm-hmm. And John Candy is super annoying. But then you find out his family situation, so on and so forth. So if you haven't seen it, you should watch the original. But I think that'll be really dope with Will Smith and Kevin Hart together. Both of them are from Philly. So I can see that really being an amazing movie. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. That's their but first it's also time working like together, too, right? One of those tearjerkers, yeah. in a way. It is mm-hmm. the first time they work together. Or will be watching Why did you do your hand like that? Who's hand? Oh, it's actually <laughs> a part of the movie. There's actually, you know what? There's a part in the movie where Steve Martin is doing that. You got to see the movie to see why. You but said I guess- tearjerker, and then you did that. And I was like, this is not lip service I don't know what the hell was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But the part of the movie that's sad, you want me to tell y'all? No. Yes. Or no? No. The movie's been for 40 years. Yeah, it's an old movie, but, I mean, it's going to be different with the remake, but there's a part of the movie where Steve Martin just goes off on John Candy, and he's, he's like, pulling at a string on his chest and telling John Candy he's like a doll that won't shut up. You know how you pull the string? And so he's doing that in the movie, and then it just gets kind of sad because then John Candy explains, like, you know, he's got all kinds of personal issues and it's kind of sad and it's around the holidays so imagine you don't have a family it. and it's the holidays so yeah gotta see okay. it i don't know i guess it was y'all didn't see it so or don't no, remember it i don't remember it no and I, it was I just a reaction but wrong. yes i'm excited for the two of them to work together and kevin hart said i've been patiently waiting for the right project to team up with my brother with we found it and are developing it together with our teams this will be huge for us and the city of brotherly love aka philadelphia let's go dropping the blues bombs for philly philly what was the movie with, um, I can't remember. I think it was Trading Places. That's when the guy was homeless and the guy was rich and he traded places. Was that Trading Places? Yes, Eddie Murphy, yes. Eddie Murphy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What made you just some, bring that up? For some reason, when I think, think of Trading Places, I just thought of that movie. I don't know why, but I'm, I don't know why either. Trading Places was also a black and white thing. You got to think. It was 
letting mm-hmm. a black guy be the rich guy in charge and trade yeah. places with the white guy. Mm-hmm. And, and you got the white guy be the homeless. <laughs> I don't know how All right, well, I'm yeah, that had nothing to do with this. Nah, because I, I just thought I thought that was the movie. I just remember the two homeless guys. And I was like, Vladimir, we rich now. I don't. There was a one mixing. homeless guy. What was the movie with two homeless guys? And they were like, Vlad. Uh, Vlad I was coming to rich. America, you idiot. I'm, I'm mixing up my movies, man. Hey. Jesus Christ. We need you to go back and do a crash course in. I can't remember the movies. movies. I mean, I can't remember. All, All right. right, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, we need this guy named John Falk to come to the front of the congregation. Whoa. What's his name? A word with him. What's his name? John Falk. Are you sure? John what? <laughs> F-O-C-K-E. Okay? Yes, we need him to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right. We'll give it to John Falk when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey stuff. It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. At the Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Donkey of the day for Wednesday, August 19th goes to Charlotte Hornets radio broadcaster John Folky. Now, Mr. Folky has been suspended indefinitely after he sent a tweet about the Denver Nuggets Monday's win over the Utah Jazz. Now, before we get into that, how many people hate autocorrect? Uh, autocorrect and that other feature on the smartphone where they type out the statement before you do. I don't F with it. I hate it. Okay, you're not a mind reader phone. Uh, I know you're a smartphone, but don't be a smart ass and attempt to finish all my sentences, okay? You ever be talking to someone and they finish all your sentences before you do? I hate that. Nothing worse than when you want to, uh, you know, send a simple statement but end up having to send three texts because autocorrect gets it wrong. Uh, Monday night, I'm texting my homie, Teslin Figaro. Drop on the clues bombs for Teslin Figaro. Uh, I'm texting Tez about the DNC convention and what Michelle Obama's speech was going to be about. So I text back, they said she's going on. What I meant to text was they said she's going in, but I typed on. Then when I went to go correct the on and text in, I text I'm. It's very frustrating. Now you feel like you got to explain what you meant, so I type not not holding anything back, okay? I also hate when you send something and your phone auto-corrects to something that don't even make no sense. I was texting my homegirls, Dolly and Ashley, the other day, dropping the clues bombs for Dolly and Ashley, and I meant to type, this what white people do to us, and I typed, this what shirt people do to us. If you're so smart, Mr. Phone, what the hell is a shirt person? Then I typed, uh, I typed this, don't, I typed, this don't got shot to do with anything. I didn't mean to type shot. I meant to type sugar, honey, iced tea. The moral of the story is autocorrect is the devil. In the case of John Folky, autocorrect is a white devil. Let's go to the Charlotte Observer to see what happened. On Monday afternoon, Charlotte Hornets radio announcer John Falk pulled out his phone and made two errors in rapid succession. Two keystrokes, Fox said in our interview Tuesday. That's all it took to change what would have been a forgettable tweet into one he calls a horrible mistake. Those two keystrokes got Fox suspended indefinitely by the Hornets on Tuesday and have put his job in jeopardy. Fox said he meant to write, Shot making in this Jazz Nuggets game is awesome. Murray and Mitchell going back and forth what a game. Instead, he wrote exactly that, except instead of the word Nuggets, he typed the plural form of the N-word. Uh, John Folky, whose last name I'm sure has autocorrected to a word that would get us fined $325,000 on the radio, tweeted out, Shot making in this Jazz N-word game is awesome. Murray and Mitchell going back and forth, what a game. Now, that's not going to go over well with anyone, but it's definitely not going to go over well in a league where 74.4% of the players are black. Crazy part is, the Denver N-words plural, 
it got a nice ring to it. Now, John apologized. He tweeted earlier today, I made a horrific error while attempting to tweet about the Denver-Utah game. I don't know how I mistyped. I had no intention of ever using that word. I take full responsibility for my actions. I have been sick to my stomach about it ever since. I'm truly sorry that happened, and I apologize to those I offended. I appreciate the apology. I appreciate the apology, John. Uh, well, and, 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 I, and by no means am I making excuses for a white man using the N-word, but let me play white devil's advocate for a minute. I can take full responsibility for my actions. We always should. But I can't take full responsibility for the actions of my smartphone. I just can't. I know they say that your smartphone only autocorrects the words you use a lot, but I don't know if that's true. I'm also trying to figure out how do you get the N-word out of Nuggets? It's not like Nuggets is spelled N-I-G-G. It's N-U-G-G. I and you are both vowels, but I don't think that's how smartphones phones work, okay? It's certain teams I can see making that mistake for. Example, I can see the Chicago Bulls autocorrecting to Chicago Bulls. That makes sense to me. I can see the Utah Jazz autocorrecting to, let's say, the Utah Jazz. That makes sense to me. Brooklyn Nets huh, could easily, hey. easily be the Brooklyn Nets. But I don't Nets. see how you get the N-word out of Nuggets. Okay, by the way, can you imagine if your phone sent out a tweet that said the shot making in this versus balls game is awesome? I can see Dramos posting something like that. What if Chicago was playing Brooklyn? I can see Envy letting out a tweet that said this balls versus game is awesome. Sounds pretty on brand. I guess you have to take full responsibility for your phone because it's your phone. But I just want to know when he found out he was suspended indefinitely. Did he accidentally tweet his last name several times before he realized he was going for the word that gets us fined $375,000 on the radio? In fact, uh, if that didn't happen, he's lying about this whole thing. That's how we can figure out if he should be suspended indefinitely. How many times have you went to type the F word after finding out you were suspended indefinitely and your last name, Folky, popped up? Okay, if that didn't happen, you are a liar, John who doesn't deserve to be a radio announcer for the Charlotte Hornets. Please give John Folky the sweet sounds of Charlotte, North Carolina's own Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Now, when we come back, 800-585-1051, it's time for Ask Yee. 800-585-1051, if you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can hit Yee right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What you want know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? It's D. D, what's up, man? What's your question for you, bro? D. Oh, uh, man, I'm I'm calling because um I'm in love with two women, but my children, my daughter, I've been with her for 17 years, and it was kind of real rough. And then I ended up meeting a co-worker and fell mm-hmm. in love with her. And I told my kid's mother about it because I was well, ready to move on. 
But it's like every time I see her, I just like kind of fall back in love with her. And I don't want to hurt neither one of them heart. And it sounds like you don't need to be with either one of them right now. I mean, I, it's, it's where are you? Li- where are you living? Are you still living with your your children's mother, who you've been with for seventeen well, I, years? Well, actually, I, she lives at my place, but I'm not there. So y'all, like, okay, you moved out. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have three. All right, and do you think about what your kids might be feeling as they see your their mother struggling and having to go through this with you? Um, yeah, I think about that. It, it do bother me a lot, you know, but it's like I'm not happy, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm not she's not there mentally and physically really with, you know. Well, emotion. of course she's not there mentally and physically with you right now. You told her you're in love with someone else. But it was way before that. That's what made me venture off. Because I was mm-hmm. missing that, you know, I okay. felt like I did everything to make our home happy and stuff, and I wasn't receiving in return. So I just got caught up and fell in love with somebody. Well, a couple of things here I want to say, because it sounds like this is a very selfish situation. If every time you see your children's mother, you've told her you're in love with somebody else, you want to move on, but then you, quote, fall back in love with her when you see her. It's really not fair to her for you to be leading her on this way. True. Do you I want her? Do you to... want her to be happy and move on with somebody? Because if you know that's not who you want to be with, you can't keep on going back and forth. That's confusing for the kids. That's confusing and not fair to her if you care about her at all. True. So you you correct about that, and I did. I was at the point I want was gonna let her go and be with somebody else, and that didn't bother me, you know. And that's when I felt like I was ready to move on. But since then, it's like she's been doing it by me being. Honest and confessing about what I was doing, she started doing everything to win me back. Mm-hmm. And I started falling for it, but deep down the side, I'm feeling like six months later, you're going to be back doing the same stuff. And now I yeah. broke up a friendship with somebody because I'm trying to keep a family together. Right. Well, I, I think if you're just staying with her because you want to keep the family together, but you're not in love and you know you're going to hurt her again, then don't put her through that again. You know, you've right. moved out. She has the place. You you said you're in love with somebody else. You said she's just trying real hard to win you back. But it's really not fair to her if you know deep down that's not what it is. Right. I see. So I think the selfless thing to do is to not just thrive off of this attention that she's giving you because you know what it's about. It's a, you know, she doesn't want you to be with anyone else. She still has feelings for you, but it doesn't really seem like you have them back for her. Now, if you decide that, I think what you need to do is not be in a relationship with anybody until you figure out how you could work on yourself. Okay. Don't confuse things. You shouldn't be, unless you know you want to be with her and you're going to give it your all and give it all your effort and you two are going to work on this together and go to therapy and repair your relationship and understand the time and effort that's going to take. If you're willing to do those things, then I feel like you have to cut the other woman off, of course, and work on that right. solely. You owe her that much if that's what you want to do. Now, if in your heart you know that's not what you plan to do, then don't put her through this anymore. Be honest right. with yourself. I got you. I respect that. All right. I appreciate and, it. And listen, and keep the lines of communication with her open and be honest with her, too. You know, don't tell her yeah, what you think she wants to hear. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm straightforward. I don't, I don't be lying to her about nothing like that. I want her to always remember me and love me for being honest with her. 
you know, it, it eats me up. This is the first time I've been in this type of situation, so I was, like, kind of just confused, you know? Right. All right. Well, as long as you're open and honest with everybody and yourself, then I think you got to follow that. I'll put church. All right, okay. All right, ask ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hello? Yeah, this Cash. What's up, bro? What's, What's up, your question Cash? for ye? Hey, yeah, I was trying to get up with you guys for, like, the last week. I wanted to see if you could give me your personal uh, recommendation on how my bars sound. Oh, okay, okay. Before you get started, what is your rapper name? Black Cash, B-L-K-C-S-H. Black Cash. Where are you from, Black Cash? Orlando. Well, I'm not from Orlando. I'm working out here right now. Okay, so let's hear it. Let's see what we think. All right. Let's get these balls off my chest. I'm bench pressing, under pressure, been pressing, so hard to leave impressions. But my profession got me tied up. 12 by 5 on my time card is rough, but I tough through it knowing these times hard. See, the problem is I'm a spitter like Daffy did it, and I'm loony in my tomb, but my sentence is all in rhythm, and I'm flowing them here just in case I ain't get the chance because him tipping Cardi ain't picked me for season two. Now, I don't know if that's true. I'm just hoping this give me boost to my prepaid dues, no track metro or boost, shooting shots. Because you miss all the ones that you never take. Choose a spot. How you want it? I'm surgical with it. Hey, man, that bar ain't saying nothing. Just representing training. They've been planning this all week, geek. Strategic is how I aim. Oh, that's Okay. Oh, man. I mean, you cool. It ain't nothing special. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I mean that wasn't nothing special. I mean, but that's, I'm just one person's opinion. I didn't hear nothing that make me be like, yo, you need to pursue your rap career. Oh. But, you know, if we in between... You know, if we working, or, you know, we at the house. I'd be like, "Yo, spit something," but not like you know. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to hear it with a beat under it. When yeah, people say that, bro, that's not good. Right, and I appreciate that. See, actually, I called y'all maybe about a year ago, and I ain't had no social media, no nothing. And actually, right now, I'm on my live, so I'm recording this because I wanted to document my process. So, I get what you're saying, and I appreciate your feedback. But I got, I got a lot of fire with me. All right. Well, good luck, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Listen, he just wanted a, a platform, so we gave it to him this morning. There you go. Ask Ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Ye right now. All right, now, Ye, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about two rappers who were super cool with each other, and they talk about their early days and getting STDs together from sisters. Wow. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk spectacular. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, congratulations to Spectacular. His company, Adwizar, is on the Entrepreneur 360 list for the best privately owned companies in America. It's the second year in a row that he's made that list, and they are saying that his enterprise is worth $74.8 million right now in 2020. I love that. I love that. Congratulations Man. to that, brother. Drop on the clues, bonds for Spectacular. Y'all laugh at him and Pretty Ricky if you want to. Spectacular out here getting that bread. Yes, yes. He is. And he's also always trying to teach other people how to do it as well. So mm-hmm. He does. 
He absolutely does. All right. Now, Turk talks about some things that happened in the early cash money days, and he was on the Off the Porch show, and he talked about him and Lil Wayne being so tight. They were the two youngest members of the Hot Boys. They did everything together. One thing that they did do together was get crabs from sisters in Houston. Here's what he said. We, we caught crabs from me, two sisters from Houston, and we just got on a tour bus and we were itching. So, bam, we went to the, you know, Rite Aid or something, Walgreens and bought some lice. And bam, we got to the hotel, scrub our little hell little part, you feel me? <laughs> and man, on the tower, brother, crab was literally on that motherfucker polka dot. So I like, damn, so we had to cut the pubic part, bam, bam, bam. And we around and gave that to our baby mama at the time. Wayne that you. And I gave it to my baby mama. Crabs is a STD. That's a sexually throwback disease. Crabs is like the payphone of STDs, bro. Like that's the yeah, Michael Jordan throwback jersey of STDs. I'm like, are crabs an STD? But I guess they are, because I always thought a disease is is something that's like in your bloodstream, and crabs is like on well, your sexually right? transmitted. Well, yeah, I guess you're sexually I mean, throwback you like disease, that. man. Crabs is the two way pager of STDs. Beat me nine one one of STDs. God damn it, crabs. That's so old school. <laughs> that is. So I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what it looks, what it's like to look down and see things crawling on you, and you know. One of my friends, L'Oreal, used to say, if a guy shaves off all his hair, that means he has crabs. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Nope. Manscaping could just be manscaping. Yeah, so goodness gracious, we L'Oreal. We should, we should think that way about women who get waxed. That doesn't even make, the logic makes no sense, L'Oreal. <laughs> all right, now, Yvonne Orji had to do a sit-down interview with Molly from Insecure. Now, y'all know how I feel about Molly. When Yvonne Orji was on The Breakfast Club, I had to let her know about her character. I thought she was, was an ally. ally. I was tired of Molly. I was like... <laughs> I thought she was an ally. I understood you being mad because Issa did some really messed up things in your friendship. Why you keep saying also, you? It's not my fault that Issa's name is Issa on Insecure. Okay? Yvonne, and, and that, I, Molly. I just don't think the appropriate time to ambush somebody about your friendship problems is right after a major event that they just pulled off. Why are you acting like you're talking to Molly? Relax. <laughs> I feel like Angela's about to post up, like, do something that little. I'm, I'm nervous right now. However, I do like Yvonne Orji, and so here is what her interview with Molly sounded like. No, I, I like uh, the haircut. Yeah. No, I did. I, had, I actually had to cut my hair. Oh, because of you. Me? You know, because people were having a hard time differentiating between me and you, and I was like, "What? Snip, snip, snip." It was very extreme, but I, I felt like it was necessary. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that you had to do so much to differentiate yourself from me. Can you just talk about how you feel about the Molly hate? Because <laughs> they were hating me, hating you, and I was just like, "Wow, Black Twitter is activated." You know, they had time. Black Twitter. Is that, a, is that a group? Is that like Black Panther? Also, you weren't checking the Twitter account? They can miss me with all that hate, okay? She had to differentiate herself and cut off her hair. People were tagging me like it was my fault. I'm not the only person that couldn't stand Molly this last season of Insecure, so, you know. But that just means you're doing a great job when people can't stand your character and affiliate it with you. Am I right? Now, if you slap Molly, does Yvonne Orji fight for Molly and vice versa? Yvonne probably turns back into Yvonne if you slap Molly. <laughs> mm. Like, what the? Nah, but we, we would never do that. <laughs> All right, Kevin Hart did an interview with Deadline, and a lot of things that he talked about, you know, he talked about cancel culture, uh, and he talked about being friends and supporting Ellen DeGeneres and Nick Cannon still, even though they're in the midst of this whole cancel culture. 
Now, according to Kevin Hart, he said, when you talk about our state of today, we're becoming comfortable with giving this cancel idea and culture the level of attention that we are. We're letting people control and dictate the start and finish of people's lives. And if we are in a time of finding any type of solution to the fight of equality and change, which seems to be a global fight now, a global fight of people being treated fairly, change, understanding and accepting the past, but preparing for a better future, that means that we can't be in a position where we're contradicting ourselves. So he goes on to talk about his support for Nick and Ellen. He said, well, I don't lose sight of the definition of friendship. And in our business, it's one thing that people don't really hold on to. There's a lot of relationships that are fake and there's some that are real. In my case, the ones that are real are the ones that I'm always going to be adamant about speaking on behalf of. I know the people that both of them are and knowing the people, all I can say is my experiences with those people. That's not to take away from what other people are saying that they have had and that they have done. It's just to highlight what I'm saying I know and what I can speak on behalf of. I mean, there has to be some sort of uh, redemption culture, right? Especially for people who just say stupid things. Or in the case of Ellen, it's because she's labeled mean, right? That's nothing that you shouldn't be able to come back from, I would I would think. Yeah, I mean, let's see what happens. You know, I think now you have this behavior that's been called out, and what are you going to do moving forward? And he's right about the friend thing, too, because just because if somebody's your friend, they don't stop being your friend because this, because social media and the internet is against them for the moment. <laughs> like that is correct. That's not how that works. Some people will say people. there's no, you know, I have a lot of loyalty. Some people feel like there's no friends in this business and it's business and it is what well, it, most is, of the business it is. But I'm sure we, we all have friends in this industry, but we also have uh, business associates as well that we don't consider friends, but we still do business with them. And I don't know about Kevin Hart and Ellen, but I mean, Ellen did come to his defense when he needed it. But as far as Kevin Hart correct. and Nick Cannon, Y'all forget Kevin Hart used to be on Wildin' Out way back in the day before Kevin Hart was Kevin Hart. You know what I'm saying? So Nick Cannon was the guy that was on putting somebody like Kevin on. So they've known each other for at least at least 20 years. At least. I think sometimes people also don't look at celebrities as real people with feelings also. And they just go Our, in and you forget. Like, this is a human being. And, correct. you know, Kevin Hart said in times like this, I know how also how dark it gets. I know how lonely it gets because I know that these are times when people just turn their back on you. So for the ones that you love that are close to your heart, you just want them to have some support when it seems that there's none out there. And it's not yeah, they, don't, they don't look at uh, celebrities as human beings, but also they don't understand that, you know, these are real relationships. Like, these are people that you've known for 15 you know, Correct. 18 years. It just so happens that a lot of these people are on the come up now. So what you see is the celebrity. You see the finished product, but you didn't see that whole process of people, you know, growing together and evolving together. So it's just like you think it's just some industry friend stuff, but nah, they, they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. And one last thing, I got to remind y'all to make sure that you are registered to vote. All right. We know how important the vote is. As a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about Storm Over Brooklyn again, the Yusuf Hawkins story. But Spike Lee is in that movie. And in that movie, he's talking about how important it is to get out and vote. That's how we actually got our first black mayor in New York. And I think our only black mayor, David Dinkins, Ed Koch, was in there. He was running for a fourth term. And Spike Lee was like, make sure you vote. That's what we can do. Get out there and vote. And David Dinkins did end up winning. And so make sure you're registered. And Levi's is teaming up with Rock the Vote to help get as many people as possible registered and ready to vote this fall. All you have to do is text Levi's to seven. 7- 88683. That's how you can get registered and find out key dates and voting how-tos from Rock the Vote. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Revolt. Shout out to you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Shout out to my brother, Fat Joe. Today is Fat Joe's birthday, so let's start the mix off with Fat Joe. Today, Joey Crack turns 50, so let's do it for Fat Joe. 5-0 for Fat Joe. Joe Brooks. He don't want to be 5-0. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we got a shout out to Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion for joining us this morning. That's right. Yes. Make sure you watch Stick to Sports tonight, 10 p.m. Uh, mm-hmm. on Vice. I love Carrie and Jamel. Uh, Carrie, my partner. And it's just interesting that they walked away from, you know, ESPN because a lot of people can't leave a, a situation like that. You know, so ESPN is mm-hmm. supposed to be like the creme de la creme, you know, the mothership. You know, once you get the ESPN, you've made it. So to say to yourself, you know what? I don't want to be here no more. I've outgrown this situation. That really does show a, a different type of belief in yourself. And you see they're both being rewarded for it. So salute Absolutely. to Carrie and Jamel. All right. Well, yeah, congratulations to them. Check out their show tonight. What time does it come on again? 10 o'clock on Vice TV. 10 o'clock. And, you know, once again, I got to remind y'all to make sure you are registered to vote. You can text Levi's to 788-683 to get registered. You can find out whatever key dates you need to know. You can find out all the voting how-tos from Rock the Vote. And Levi's is teaming up with them. They want to get as many people as possible registered and ready to vote this fall. And your vote is so important. So make sure you do not neglect your vote. All right? All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, Charlemagne, you got a positive note? I do. Uh, it's simple. Outgrowing people around you is okay. If you're not losing friends, then you're probably not growing up. Breakfast Club, bitches. We all finished or y'all done?